histories, true crime for mature audiences. You're listening <laughs> to us, motherfucker. You're listening to us. To Grim. We are Joe Logie with Brittany Smith and Ted Sisko, two American historians and a world history professor, joined by a host of scholarly individuals for the educational light of fuckery and intrigue. You're listening to the soothing sounds of Grim. <laughs> to back up before Rasputin got there, my only question is, all right, so in the last episode, we mentioned about Monsieur Philippe, who came, the other mystic, the French mystic. So he had left them, actually, with some shit. And one of the th- a couple of the things that he left them with, actually, he gave them fucking flowers, apparently, that Jesus had touched, because that's they would still be around, right? And he gave them, <laughs> additionally, a bell that would ring all by itself when shitty motherfuckers came around. Like, these are dumb motherfuckers, but they still have that bell. Where was the bell? Where was the bell when Rasputin got there? That's what I want to know. I don't know, Joe. We don't have documents but, for that. <laughs> but didn't you say when he was forced out, he predicted that his successor would be somebody of Russian descent? It would be a new friend to yeah, take his place. But he said that but it would, would be somebody of Russian. Then? But what if it rang? Then you'd be like, well, it's not him. But then he predicted that it was going to be followed by. I mean, I don't know. All these mystics were a little yeah. shady anyway. <laughs> <laughs> he gave that guy a doctor's degree. You should be a medical doctor. I say you are. Here's a piece of paper. Okay. <laughs> Back to Rasputin. <laughs> there had been several attempts. He's not super popular at this point. The war is not going super well. You have a lot of internal dissent going on. And I think well, it's Rasputin, safe to say. Rasputin's problem is he pissed off all the wrong people. I mean, he pissed off everybody. There wasn't like one group that was in favor of him. The people right. that liked the Tsar didn't like him. The people that didn't like the Tsar didn't like him. Nobody liked him other than the Tsar. There were like nine shady people who yeah. were in the government that were appointed by Rasputin, who Rasputin got appointed, who liked him. But and they once, were shady <laughs> motherfuckers in the first place. And once yeah. the war starts going bad and a negative reflection goes on the czar then people are like well once his not popularity but once his favorability starts to fall there's no hindrance to people trying to get rid of him the right. czar is losing popularity anyway so it really doesn't matter and i think they kind of read the tea leaves the people that were around the power they kind of read like this is going to go bad and he's going to take the fall so we'll get rid of this guy too so. he started to see it himself he was a very perceptive guy and he started to see that well clearly motherfuckers don't like me <laughs> There's a whole lot of people that don't and predicts his own death. But I think it's based on the fact that he was just a perceptive guy. And he said something about in the letter to jump forward, not to jump forward too much, but he said in one of the prophecies that he wrote to Nicholas when the bell rings, I think he was referring to Monsieur Philippe's bell, that or a church bell, one or the other. <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> they had that fucking bell, though. For a perceptive guy, though, when he died, the, the night that he died, he wasn't very perceptive that night. I mean, oh, no, no, he saw Madeira. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come to my house at like midnight, kind of shady right there. Right. I mean, it's probably a bad sign. Yeah. And meet my wife. I want you to meet my wife when he could have met her for several some, other times. For some midnight cock and cakes. Yes. Well, there's another theory, too. Wait, wait. You're, I was you're say, going to just details, have to just... wait until the next episode for that. <laughs> cock and cakes coming right up. <laughs> Sounds like a party. <laughs> World War One requires a little bit of explaining. It's a complex motherfucker to explain the balance of power leading into World War One and the alliance systems. 1871, Germany unifies belatedly. They're in the middle of the continent. And so, Otto von Bismarck, let's talk about Otto von Bismarck and both of the Kaisers. So, Kaiser Wilhelm I appoints Otto von Bismarck, minister president of Prussia, unifies Germany. And so he does it through realpolitik with war and 
It's not me. <laughs> Sorry. With war and deceptive diplomacy. You always wanted a crowd clapping, so. <laughs> no clapping now. Realizing that he needs friends because he doesn't want to fight a two-front war, he makes alliances. This is fucking important. And Kaiser Wilhelm I's son, Willie, of the Willie Nicky telegrams, William II, drops that shit. So he's partially to blame. Italy's partially to blame and Russia's partially to blame. They're all selfish for land and power. That's the reason. Bismarck had started what was called the Three Emperors League. I don't know, the Three Fucking Mustaches League, I guess. But all of the, basically the emperors, right? So Austria, Hungary, Germany, and Russia. Kaiser Wilhelm II, Nicholas's cousin, lets that motherfucker lapse, leading Russia to gravitate to France, which is like the entire thing that Bismarck tried to avoid in the first place, having two major powers on both opposite borders and then have to break his army in two, possibly, and fight the both at the same time. That's a fucking nightmare. So what they had come up with way before this was the Schlieffen plan, Alfred von Schlieffen would have been outdated the plan by this point in time, but a contingency plan for if somebody fucks up, loses an alliance like your fucking son will, what do we do if we're ever forced, this is Germany, into a war with France and Russia simultaneously? What they come up with, what Alfred von Schlieffen comes up with is that France is the stronger of the powers, the faster of the powers. We need to knock them out of the war first with our entire full might of the army, expecting that the Russians will then be in Germany by that time, and then they can go fight a defensive war against the Russians to do this. In short, France is afraid of Germany, so they would have built up fortified towns on the French-German border. So we take our army through Belgium and circle Paris, just as did in the Franco-Prussian War, and then go fight a defensive war against the Russians who will be in the eastern part of our country by that point. So this is what needs to be done as far as the Germans are concerned going into the war. What sparks the war is this complex system of alliances. I know this is very complicated, so bear Joe, with me. Joe is trying to, because there's also, there's what Russia, Germany, and France are doing. They're not even the only ones doing all this complicated alliance work. At the same time, you also have Great Britain and then France mm-hmm. who are also having their kind of reapproachment and are like, actually, and so they're kind of becoming friends in this point too. So, I mean, you have that in the background. Cause, I mean, so all these and the British were the only ones that were reasonably normal because they were sitting back like, everybody chill. Yeah. Like, we don't but, need to attack, but, but you need to chill and respect <laughs> treaties. But England makes the alliance with Belgium. And that's Belgium's really neutrality yes. was backed up guaranteed by, England. by them. And yeah. they were like, you have to get out of there, yeah. though. You're in that <laughs> motherfucker. And they were like, no, 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 no. This is part of the Schlieffen plan. We it was can't basically do it. a domino system. Yeah. like if one, You had the Germans, the Austro-Hungarians. You had the Serbians and the Russia. uh, Russians. Because once, and not to get too far into the history, but. Get into it. Okay. <laughs> so once Archduke Franz Ferdinand is assassinated with his wife Sophie. Which right? is, I guess you could say that's kind of like. That's like the, the spark. Kickstarter, yeah, yeah. As they call it. And that's, that's even jumping. And that yeah. you. They call it the Serbia, the powder keg of York, because I knew if something went off there, that triggered off all the other alliances. So that's yeah. why they knew. And when Archduke Franz Ferdinand is assassinated. But the that, reason why he was assassinated. Yes. If you go right before that, what had happened was the Russians were taking land from the Ottomans. The other European powers force Serbia, which had been Russian, yes. to become Austrian. Austrian. Yeah, they, they were absorbed into the Austro-Hungarian. Then it's Russian for like months. And 
Then it's Austro-Hungarian for like a really short time. It had been Ottoman prior to that. And I mean, this is like within a few years time. So but the now, Serbians also Franz faced, Ferdinand is there. But the Serbians also wanted their own independence. And what really pissed them off the day they assassinated him was that Arsu Franz Ferdinand came down to what would be Serbia, but now it's part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, came down to their territory to celebrate the linking of the two. And the Serbians like, oh, fuck no. Like, mm-hmm. you're not, no, this is not a time for celebration. Like, you're not going to come down here and celebrate it. We might have to throw a bomb under your yes. car, under and your the motorcade. Fun thing was that the first attempt on his life failed miserably. Yeah. All right. He actually yeah. survived the attempt. <laughs> the guy, wasn't the guy in like a cafe and he's like, how is he not dead yet? <laughs> well, no, he knew it didn't work. Oh, okay. He knew it didn't yeah. work. He went to a cafe and said, I, oh, thought, okay, I totally yeah. screwed it up. I fucked that up. And as he's at the cafe, <gasps> yeah, there's yeah. a motorcade coming down with a bunch of yep. people. He's like, what the fuck? He turns around, sees the arch. He's like, motherfucker's here. So he comes out. <laughs> he goes right. out. He literally steps on the floorboard of the car, reaches into the car with his gun and shoots Sophie first and then shoots Archduke mm-hmm. Franz Ferdinand. He runs away. The Serbian Gavrilov. Pal- Gavrilov. The yeah. But he was with the, the black, black hand. <laughs> the Serbians know who he is. They can get him. They know where he is. They know who he is. And the Austro-Hungarians demand that they want him turned over to them so they can try him for the murder. And the Serbians say, fuck no, he's one of us. We'll handle him. And that's when the chips start to fall because Austro-Hungarians, they declare war on Serbia. Because there's also, because there's an ultimatum. Too, there's, I was yeah, say, give so us or not. Back and forth yeah, with they're like a month. Demands. And what happens is that compromise starts to fall off the table as a lot of these demands start. Yeah. They're not negotiating. No. They're not willing to. Well, make, I mean, the Austro Hungarian Empire versus Serbia. I mean, they <laughs> wanted totally, I mean, to suck paper, Serbia into the Austro Hungarian Empire. That's what yeah. they wanted to do by issuing these ultimatums. If you don't have all of these things met, we yeah. will invade you. And they agreed to every single fucking thing, but, except for you can't conduct an investigation on our sovereign territory. No country would have agreed to that. So they were like, but they're not sovereign. They were, right. they were like, yo, Germany, do you got our back no matter what we do? And they were like, yeah, we do, because we have that treaty. So, well, see, yeah. so yeah. See, what happened was after they after the Austria-Hungary declares war on Serbia, Serbia has an alliance with Russia. Right. So Russia's like, well, we got to go to fuck. They declare war on Austria-Hungary. Once Russia declares war on Austria-Hungary, Germany's like, motherfucker, we got their back, so we're declaring war on Russia. So now you start to see the domino effect. Yeah. France has an alliance with Russia, where if Germany declares war on Russia, France has to jump in on the other side. So now you got France involved. Then the Germans with the Schlie- plan when they go through Belgium that ticks off the English they come in so now you have a whole clusterfuck in your a clusterfuck <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Is exactly the phrase historians use. Right. And you were talking about in the, this room. The strong fortifications along the German France border, great, but the Germans don't go in through the border. They go in through Belgium, which is actually through the forest, which they're not highly fortified because it's fucking forest. They're like, they're not going to bring in an army through a forest, but that's what they fucking do. <laughs> Burning libraries, yes. terrorizing civilians. Yep. And it's his cousin there too. Dude <laughs> in Germany sends a telegraph. To his cousin in power in Belgium while his army's already going through. Yeah. Can I come through yeah. your country? He's already coming through. <laughs> Dude is like, the fuck no, you can't come through my country. Get the fuck out. And then they bog down because yeah. there's resistance in mm-hmm. Belgium. And then by the time they get into France, the, the French are like, oh, they're coming through Belgium. Yeah, they had time. Let's to, meet them at yeah. the Belgian border. And then the British come on down. So they get really bogged down in France. And by that time, now Russia's had enough time to mobilize their mobilize troops. Their so troops now and Germany's, get to now Germany's yeah, like, what the fuck? War. Yeah. 
And there were, do you know, 25,000 miles of trenches dug yeah. in World War One. Yep. It could have encircled the entire globe. I think it went from Belgium all the way down to Italy. The Alps. Yeah. The English Channel to the Alps. And there was different trenches. I mean, there was that main trench, but yeah. there's trenches both back and forth. Basically. There were some in Eastern Europe, but the German superiority, just they rolled over those Russians who yeah, had the like... The Eastern Front was not was anywhere. not the same. Yeah, it was a very no. different type of war than yeah. the Western uh, yeah. Front of World War One in Europe. Mm-hmm. They had two guys for every gun and pair of boots that they had in Russia. That's how ill-supplied that they were, that they sent guys into war without guns, without boots. They were told, well, when people in front of you get killed, hold you the pick boots. Up their guns and pick up their boots. <laughs> and grab the boots, grab the guns, put them on, use them. Again, preparation. <laughs> seems to be a theme here. A lack of preparation <laughs> seems to be a what theme What the here. fuck was Nikki <laughs> thinking he couldn't beat up Japan? Now he's going to beat up Germany? They're the most powerful <laughs> army that there is in Europe. I know he's got powerful friends, but what the fuck? They abandoned him in the end anyhow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they don't even let him live in their country. He loses, well, he's got like 2 million, over 2 million dead, 5 million like wounded, and plus the civilians, and he loses yeah. a quarter of his territory. He loses almost 2 million, almost 2 million people in the military, but like 1.5 million civilians mm-hmm. that died. Like crazy oh, like numbers. Crazy numbers. High casualties on the Russian. Right. Yeah. Blood that Rasputin talked about in his letters. I foresee blood. There are some letters we have that we'll read. And ironically, 11 days apart from one another, the Archduke Franz Ferdinand and Grigory Rasputin, 11 days apart from one another, both have assassination attempts. One works, one doesn't. 11 days apart. Hmm. Interesting. Probably would have been better if it had been the other one. Yeah. If it was the other way around. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone <Just> wins. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying it would have prevented everything. But... Well, I guess it, would have, it probably would have. It well, I mean, unless it they go to go ahead and kill him, like yeah. I mean, it was still a powder keg. Yeah, of if we alliances. had a time machine, they still but, would have been pissed off, but maybe not to the point of going to war. Right, but there back. also could have been something else that yeah. could have been a spark. That yeah, there could have been a spark another time. If we could have put Rasputin that. in that motorcade, <laughs> and who drives in an open car anyway? All these fucking grassy knolls all over the Kennedy. place, right? right. <laughs> Kennedy, but not following. He didn't learn his lesson either. <laughs> and he was warned about it right, as well. He had so. a lot. Yeah, he had a lot of warning. Yeah, that, right. <laughs> Look, you got to get a good photo, though. Yeah, <laughs> right. And, and they're all thinking these leaders. You got to see me. Yeah. And the irony was on his way back. The reason why he went down the side street by the cafe was well, we can't go back that way because they're probably still there waiting for us. So we'll go down the side street here. <laughs> it Motherfuckers really was down just on the like side street. Ridiculously <laughs> good luck. Yeah. yeah. Really. On the like, the Really. Really. <laughs> but then it's like a tragic comedy because like right. what happens as a result? You're right. like, yeah. Oh, this isn't funny anymore. No. <laughs> Millions of people die. Well, here's something that's funny. There you go. Who would drink who under the table? Uh Uh-oh. Rasputin, Benjamin Franklin, Sir Winston Churchill, Mm. or Ozzy Osbourne. Ooh. That's like the ultimate historic drinking team. That's like your your all-stars right there. That's like your all-star whiskey pong team. (laughs) Bunch of middle-aged frat boys. There you go. They never made misogyny look so good. <laughs> Old timey misogyny. Did they all have like different preferred drinks? Yeah, like yeah. Different drinks. Madeira was Franklin's. Ozzy oh, and Rasputin's too. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Ah, yeah, they're a good team. Yeah, Ozzy was basically any alcohol and also drugs. A lot of drugs. Yeah, for Ozzy. Yeah. Yeah. I think right. Ozzy was more drugs than yeah. alcohol. Right. Sir Winston Churchill, what did he drink? He drank at Parliament, though. Yeah. I don't know he what drink? he drank, though. I don't know what he's drinking. I'm going to guess whiskey. Yeah, I was, was going to say, say like whiskey, but... Or yeah, I would guess. But I, that's, that's an educated guess. Yeah. <laughs> we call that a hypothesis. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, let's go. Fuck Mary Kim. <laughs> Ted. Brittany, shoot me daggers. Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> We're just ending every every episode that way. Uh, and for our next. All right, one. here I got one. Uh-oh. No. Oh no, all this right. wasn't this so wasn't an not, invitation to start. It's not fuck Mary Kill, but. <laughs> Brittany. <laughs> no. You had to kiss a historical figure Ooh. from the Russian period Ooh. for nine seconds. You got to touch their yeah. face. You got to look in their eyes. You got to. Is this tongue or no detail? tongue? You got to. Nine seconds. Is this <laughs> tongue or no tongue? Nine. Like a real kiss. <laughs> a little bit of tongue. A little a bit real, of tongue. Real okay. <laughs> Leon Trotsky. Oof. Rasputin. Gavrilo Princeps. He's young. Yeah, he's, he's only young. 18 He's or the youngest 19. of them. Right. He's got tuberculosis, though. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Uh, Leon Trotsky might have an ice yeah, pick in his neck. Say. That comes later. You have to go to Mexico to kiss him. Yeah. He's got an ice pick in his head or his neck. Well, I probably, Ted, who would you corpse. kiss? Ted, who would you, would you kiss Rasputin? Uh, I would kiss no. Rasputin. No. no. All right, he has dirty peasant so teeth, gross. but. No, his beard? Disgusting. With the shit in his beard? Fuck so no. Bad. No. We got one with an ice pick. And Prince has got that's his TV. Corpse that ice pick. Right. Yeah, but that's at the at end. Yeah. You're talking Trotsky with the ice pick or without the ice pick? But he's got to have the. He's, it changes the answer. He has to have the. If ice it's pick. with the ice pick, can you hold on to it as you kiss him? Or <laughs> I feel like you have to. I think that's actually. You can hold the ice pick. The there you go. <laughs> you can wiggle it around. All right. How about we throw Vladimir Putin and uh, oh, Comrade oh, Yusupov? No. We can throw them in there. We haven't gotten to Yusupov yet, so we can't actually put him in there until everybody knows who he is. Comrade, because we got to take that prince title away from him, right? All these titles were stripped mm-hmm. by the Bolsheviks. Yusupov was bisexual. So I know. Anybody, anybody at the table can participate in that. He would. Be I would kiss that. him. Right. He was good I feel looking. Like that's probably. The he right murdered choice. Rasputin, right. but he was right. good looking. Right. He had that going for him. He would have liked me. <laughs> no, <would> he <laughs> he would have liked you. Might be a little probably, longer than nine seconds. Probably wouldn't. Have. He's probably out of my league. He was. You don't a, have a beard, but he had the goatee going for it. That much. He be. was the wealthiest man, I think, in Russia. He was wealthier, his family, than the czar family, the Romanovs. Yeah, he's not in my league. <laughs> His wife was a relation to the Tsar anyway, right? Niece? Yeah, yeah. the Tsar's niece. Yeah, the Tsar's yeah. niece. Irina. Including Prince Felix. No, we're not answering any of that. Nope. nope <laughs> <not>. <laughs> Brittany, stay silent. I don't know. <laughs> Are we ready for his murder? <laughs> yeah, we did We did the whole murder. work, so. We've murder. been trying to kill the motherfucker for like three weeks now. Right? Can we just murder him? We've been trying to murder him from before Christmas. Yeah, since last year. Since last, last year, year, we've been trying to kill this guy. Oh, my goodness. Kiv. <laughs> the gift of grim, motherfucker, in the Yuletide season of family and giving this holiday season with the ones you love, sugar plum motherfuckers and chestnuts. Have Santa Claus bring to every one of those beautiful motherfuckers who you love the gift of a grim Patreon. Do you know what the Christmas season gift of a grim podcast Patreon gives to a loved one? Your generous donation of a buck or two, 25 cents, a nickel helps keep the lights on up this motherfucker. It's the giving season. 12 or 25 cents, not only will fill a motherfucker's heart full of joy and help us to bring more of this free content to you that we work so hard to bring, but we'll open all of our grim archived back episodes, a bunch of interviews from the United Kingdom that I've done, and we're finding a hell of a time finding the time to edit because we've got to have these actual jobs that we do to keep the lights on. And your pennies and dimes can help find an editor for us for that and some very sporadic meet and greet, grab beers with us sort of thing with all of us from the show together with us, with you. Sometimes themed for Christmas, magic, voodoo, love, 
classic events from the past, and specialty Patreon-first or Patreon-exclusive themed events. Our first, we've never done it before sort of thing. We're going to dress a motherfucker up like Dolly and James Madison, the father of the Constitution, fourth president who fucking hated Ben Franklin, drinks with the Madisons for Christmas. If we can get it together, traditional Christmas wassail, a bunch of us from the show, Christmas founders, dress motherfuckers up like Dolly and James, make it a success. And there will be more. We're looking at the month of January. Gift your support of the show to someone you love for Christmas and come and see us right after. We do put an incredible amount of time and resources into the show. Brittany and myself and Ted, cast of a dozen recurring professionals, master's degrees and PhDs, mostly none of whom gets paid a penny. Your generous donation of <laughs> any the fuck thing at all helps immensely. All bullshit aside does help like you can't imagine anything, a buck or three cents, gift your support of the show to someone you love for Christmas. Any kind generosity of friendship towards the show, toward us, we cannot thank you enough for it. Just visit patreon.com, Grim Philly. Patreon.com backslash Grim Philly for your kind kind support and to be a friend patreon.com backslash grim philly this match has gotta go declare his enemies but the ladies back don't you try to do it please no doubt this respectee had lots of hidden charms though he was a brute they just fell into his arms